Hi, and welcome back to Life Conversations with Marissa and Tracy. We are in a different environment today. We are here at BackFit Clinic, and we have a very special person with us today, Vivian Shung. Vivian has been a part of our BackFit team here for several months now, and I knew from the moment I met her that she had to be on Life Conversations. <laughs> Truly, Vivian, the day that we met, I fell in love with your energy. I knew you had to be a part of this team, and I knew that I needed to come and see you. Um, you truly are a gifted practitioner and just a beautiful human, and we're so fortunate that you are sitting down to chat with us today. Thank Thanks you for so doing this. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> So Vivian has been practicing traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture for over a decade. She graduated from the Canadian College of Oriental Medicine in 2011. She has an extensive history of working with patients with a wide range of pathologies including acute and chronic pain from musculoskeletal injuries, sports injuries, MVAs, concussions and other physical ailments. Since graduating in 2011, Vivian has trained with Matt Callison, the founder of Sports Medicine Acupuncture Certification, Whitfield Reeves, a leader in orthopedic and sports acupuncture, Vivian Dorian of Luminous Beauty, the facial rejuvenation acupuncture protocols. She has also done multiple certifications in myofascial release with Dr. Rod LeBlanc and is currently completing her doctorate of traditional Chinese medicine at Pacific Rim College since 2020. Vivian has been continuing her studies and receiving her doctorate of traditional Chinese medicine since 2020 to utilize herbs and draw from a wider knowledge base of advanced needling techniques for internal medicine as well as orthopedics for the physical body to continue to treat patients as holistically as possible under all branches of Chinese medicine. In her spare time, Vivian is working on building a retreat space for her with her fiance, Niall. She skis, snowboards, surfs, kiteboard, kiteboarding, climbing, hiking, and weightlifting. Holy smokes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and for saying yes to us. Um, so Vivian, why don't you start by just sharing a little bit of your story with us and what inspired you to pursue this career of acupuncture? Uh, thank you so much, Tracy and Marissa, for having me here. Um, acupuncture has been a part, a big part of my life since I was really young. I am Chinese by descent, uh, so reflexology was something that my parents taught me when I was really young, uh, more so my dad, probably because he just wanted his feet rubbed. <laughs> but I knew from a really young age that um, this point on the hand could treat headaches or my mom had really bad fibroids and so working on her feet would help with how heavy her periods could be. Um, and in Chinese culture, food is really important um, in terms of changing the elements of, of how you're eating it and the season that you're eating it in. So when people have ailments or illnesses, we always ate in a specific way seasonally. Mm -hmm. So it's been something that has just really been culturally something that's been a part of the fabric of my life. Um, when I was older, I was in a car accident when I was 17. Um, now knowing what I know, it was a pretty serious concussion, but not diagnosed at that time. So acupuncture was one of the only modalities that helped with the chronic pain that I was in, um, but also the brain fog and everything else that comes with concussions. Um, and then as well as the fact that when I was traveling, my uncle in Hong Kong was diagnosed with leukemia. 
And he um, relapsed a couple times, but the last time they were like, you have about two months to live. And I was in Hong Kong at that time. And my aunt was like, okay, we're not doing Western medicine anymore. They're not going to give you any more of the treatments because you're too weak. Uh, And so we did Chinese herbs and I was sitting with my aunt and my mom and we were peeling uh, peanut skins off for the herbal remedy that we had to use for him. And he lived two years longer than the two months that they originally oh had my goodness. <laughs> yeah wow. they originally had given him so just that exposure yeah. alone and just seeing it firsthand and and knowing that herbs are really weird there's obviously a lot of different things that in Canada and in China they no longer use um, and there's also a lot of the black market stuff that you know a lot of people have a lot of apprehensions with which I also don't agree with but all of the other herbs that we do have access to, they just have such an efficacy. Uh, so especially practicing for over a decade with only acupuncture and realizing that there is this whole other side of the medicine that I was missing in my own treatments, um, that's why I'm back in school to complete the rest of the education. Mm-hmm. Wow. So can you share a little bit more? You, you've touched on it already, but can you share a little bit more about your foundational philosophy about health like what do you intuitively and through your experience know to be true about the body and how it functions best I think that uh, answer has changed so much over my practice Um, a roomy quote that I really love is that we're all walking each other home Oh, I love that one too Mm -hmm. it's such a good one and when people come in you know it's it's not this relationship of dependency, codependency that I want to instill in a patient. It's understanding that everyone has their own capacity to heal themselves. So given the right direction and understanding what is happening in your body, whether that's physical, internal, or a difference in alignment, um, Chinese medicine is so interesting because when you're in school, you learn about the points, you learn about um, just what the physical processes can be. It's pretty strict, but when you look at the other part of the textbook, there's this whole other part that talks about your philosophy on life. Are you in alignment? Is someone emotionally disturbed? Which also can cause a lot of these internal symptoms. So... The philosophy that we're all walking each other home, you know, the treatment's one part of it, but the conversation is actually another big part. Because, uh, you know, you don't get that many opportunities in today's day and world where you get to sit with someone for an hour to actually dissect and unpack your body. Mm-hmm. You know, you get five minutes maybe at the doctor's office if you're lucky with your one issue, I mean, yeah. here in BC, that we're allowed to talk about that oftentimes I leave the doctor's office and I'm like, damn it, I forgot to talk about (laughs) (laughs) that other thing Mm -hmm. that is actually associated, but I just kind of limited it so that I kept on on par with, you know, the time schedule that they have. So Chinese medicine as a philosophy, if you understand observing nature, you know, we live in a rainforest here, it's very wet, if you kind of look at this as a terrarium and you yourself are in the terrarium it doesn't make sense 
for us to eat tropical fruit every day. It doesn't grow here. It has a different property within the body. So if someone does that, it's almost, I always give the analogy, like if you leave a kitchen like sink sponge in the sink overnight, like it doesn't smell very nice no, the next day. It does <laughs> right? not. Yeah. So that's your digestive system. If you've not wrung it out and dried it out properly or given it what it actually needs, like bacteria wise, you can be unfortunately like a rotting sink sponge <laughs> and you're wow. wondering like why do I have candida or like what's wrong with my digestion yeah. and um, so Chinese medicine is kind of really cool it fit with my philosophy that if you really observe nature mm-hmm. and understand yourself as a piece of in that nature mm-hmm. you really can unpack everything that you need to know about health so as a patient, I come in, I lay down on your table, and how do you know, is, like, is it just through conversation, or is it through energy, or like, how do you know what that patient needs? Because I've had acupuncture where it's like trigger point, you work on the trigger point, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you're doing something much, much more... Much more comprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. And holistic. I, that's been my experience. Yeah, very with huge. You, because so. I think... I, I was rave about you to everybody, yes. as you know, as you know, I'm like constantly sending you patients, but yeah, I've had a lot of needle work done over my many years in practice as a chiropractor and my experience with you is very different than anything I've experienced before. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, how do I unpack that question? Uh, when people come in, you can only give them what they're ready for. (laughs) Right. So that part, I think, is as we all become more seasoned in our um, vocations, we start to realize, like, what is it that this patient actually really needs at this point in time? And sometimes that really is, you know, um, the bare physical, not a ton of information, because you overwhelm them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as as there's so many books out there is that your body stores so much information and so when i started treating very early on and i would work with whiplash injuries that would take people out of their sports careers or groin injuries that ultimately ended their professional careers there was so much emotion built up within that tissue Mm -hmm. that it would come out in treatment you know and then they'd be like why am I bawling right now (laughs) or why do I feel this this crazy nervous system response and so really starting to work with that Mm -hmm. in the treatment Mm -hmm. and and keeping within a level of where the patient is feeling comfortable that doesn't always happen but it does happen a lot of the time Mm -hmm. And that's what I I really enjoy about treatment is the fact that it changes day to day. It's never the same thing. You never know what's going to be walking through your door. Um, And so continuing to revamp your own toolkit so that you can match what it is that the person needs. Um, I know that's such a vague way of answering that question. No, (laughs) I just, I'm, I love, I love what you do. I'm, like I said to you before this podcast, I need to come see you because I just, it's so in line with who I am and, and what I believe. And I'm so excited to learn more from you. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned, like I really have experienced you as not just a practitioner, but truly a healer. Like there are, you know, s- certain people that just have this mm-hmm. gift 
of being able to you know, see beyond the physical, to feel what's happening energetically, and to truly help facilitate the healing process. And I, I see you as that person. So what do you feel like you need to do to take care of yourself and your own energy that you, so that you can show up at your best for patients? Um, great question. Uh, seeing as I'm 27 weeks pregnant right now, mm-hmm. the Yay. great list that Tracy listed off of all the things that I like to do in my spare time are not the things <laughs> that I'm doing right now. So I'm answering this question very differently. Um, my bandwidth is pretty low these days. And so being with patients is pretty full on. And anybody who probably has come in to see me, they know it's like, you get my full attention. You get my presence. You send me an email later. I'm probably not going to get back to you, but that's my self care is that I have to turn off as soon as I leave because otherwise that, that tangible feeling that something's always wanting your attention, Mm -hmm. um, that was a big part of my own journey in being a practitioner is realizing like I'm not just this job right you know it's it that part was really difficult to to think of myself as something other than that and so even in my friendships it's like holding back from asking too many questions mm-hmm. you know being able to just be me in a situation without people coming and asking a question about their health even though I love those conversations mm-hmm. I actually had to really practice to not be this practitioner in my regular life yeah. so that I can take care of myself because then otherwise who am I right it's you know I'm not I'm not just someone who practices this medicine you know a lot of what I bring to the treatments is because I have other interests Um, and so connecting with nature being outside Mm -hmm. um, being with my family uh, cooking is something that really helps me you know it's like having that imagination when you go into the grocery store and taking all the frames of your experience you know everywhere you've traveled all the different restaurants you've been to and just being like oh, this is in season right now. Let's try to create this. Like that's what really fuels me right now when I can't be as active as I normally mm-hmm. would like to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's humbling to be like, walking is my exercise right now. Which, you know, actually being able to work here, um, working with more of a senior population has been a really eye-opening experience um, because they're so dedicated to their own health. Mm-hmm. You really can see the people that have the longevity in their ambulatory needs, you know, because it we don't think about that at this age. You know, I'm 38, um, but when you're talking about someone who's 85 who's wanting to still be in their own home, ambulatory yeah. needs, yeah. that's yeah. not the work that they did from 80 to 85. That's mm. everything in their frame of experience up so until then. True. Mm-hmm. So in this self-care place of just even, um, I always get really hard on myself and I'm not doing enough, mm. but uh, the physio that I'm seeing right now, she just quoted it as movement snacks, mm-hmm. which I really liked. <laughs> that great. Great. That yes. was good. Yeah, I was like, I am taking that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Susanna. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, that's how I'm taking care of myself right now. Mm. Movement snacks, real snacks that really fuel me, yeah. um, and being out in nature. You know, we live in such a beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah, love it, love it. Um, so 
Obviously, most people know what acupuncture is, but not necessarily how it can really benefit us from a health and well-being. Um, can you talk a little bit about the conditions that you treat, um, but also how people that don't have specific sy symptoms, um, how, how can they come to see you and still optimize their health and well-being? Um, so something I didn't touch on when you asked uh, about the other question about when people come in is that Chinese medicine has a great diagnostic method of understanding what's happening for a person. Um, apparently, back in the day, Chinese practitioners weren't even allowed to touch women. Um, wow. Even more than that, actually, this medicine was uh, medicine that was for women. Uh, and so, you know, that's a whole other conversation is mm -hmm. how that came about. But one of the things was if it was a male practitioner, they used to tie a piece of silk to the wrist to take the pulse diagnosis because they weren't even allowed to touch them. I don't know. That's something that I've seen as a story. Yeah. But we take pulses. We yeah. look at someone's tongue. We look into the eyes to actually look at the color um, of the tissue, what someone's facial complexion looks like, um, what their bowel movements are like. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's no question that's uh, too much information mm -hmm. um, in the sense of like, I want to know what's happening with your bowel movements, the quality of your period, what's happening with your cycle, because that just gives us so much information um, to work with that you don't have to come in with something specific. Uh, it comes to fruition on its own. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> something about Chinese medicine that I'm really realizing is you're always digging for something to look for. Mm. <laughs> so that's a part of my practice is actually to sit back and be like, actually, you don't always have to look for something that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> so interesting. Yeah. But maybe that's just the plight of a practitioner. I don't know. <laughs> so funny. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we had talked about prior to um, the podcast was that you, you've you worked with people going through grief, going through transitional phases, so whether it be relationships or careers or mm -hmm. things like that. How does, how does acupuncture actually benefit? So if I, as I've talked about on the podcast before, I lost my dad in 2020 mm -hmm. and there's been a whole grieving process of that. Mm -hmm. So I've, as I come to you as a patient, how do you help me through that grieving process or that transitional process um, through acupuncture? Uh, that's a great question. Um, what we would start with is what are the main things that are probably the crux of you feeling yourself? Mm -hmm. um, so grief can really wear many hats. Um, something that I always like to say with my patients with grief is that it it's a backpack that you get not gifted but given <laughs> and it doesn't leave you get stronger at carrying it mm -hmm. um, and so understanding that we're not going to ignore it that it's something that we're working with um, what is the biggest symptom that you have right now in working with your grief so that could be that you don't have an appetite, that could be constipation, that could be that you don't necessarily um, feel very motivated in going outside or doing exercise. So what we would really unpack is the, the nugget in which is the biggest thing that's kind of impinging you on being the person that you normally would be. Um, 
it, in a sense, you know, in Chinese medicine, we say that each organ has an emotion. Mm-hmm. So if it's anger instead that the grief is showing up as, you know, we would work on the liver. Or if we were working on a sense of heaviness, then we would actually work on the lung. And so we kind of actually um, treat in a way that we're working on meridians, that the emotion, the primary emotion that's coming up, we would help with that, that meridian. I'm sure that most people who have had some form of acupuncture treatment have heard that word, meridian. Mm -hmm. Can you explain that in more detail for people who are wondering, what is that all about? Yeah, it's the highways in the body. So yoga, we talk about um, uh, the the channels, you know, they talk about the chakras. uh, Very, very similar in that way. I don't know how they were able to figure this out. Um, Even myself being pregnant right now, I have fibroids that might you know, it might block the descent of um, the baby coming into the canal, but I'm on herbs right now where it's moving the, uh, we call it blood stasis of the fibroids without affecting the pregnancy. And you're like, how did they (laughs) figure that out? (laughs) Just pretty incredible. But even in the same lines, we we say that every acupuncture point has actually like a a herb that matches it as well. Mm. But the meridians on the body... Um, it's a pathway and so they've been able to figure out whoever they were um, what channels are on the body and in one way that they've explained it it's the way if you were to stand with your back to the sun the meridian like the way that light would hit your body in the shadows that's how they've actually grouped each of the meridians okay Um, it's super complex it's very difficult to describe but the most simplistic way to describe it is that on your body there's a specific map that we use and each one corresponds to an organ system okay mm-hmm. and do those meridians run to those organ systems and continue like i'm actually picturing yeah. the highway <laughs> running to those organs continuing on down like your limbs and things like that they do yeah, yeah. and they are uh, there's extraordinary meridians and divergent meridians and uh, they all kind of lead back to one end of the body or another but they do go through the organ itself yeah um the organ is yes it's important but when we talk about it in specific it's a whole system you know we're, we're not talking about it just like your your liver itself it has a whole job that is associated with each of them but it's it's so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does the emotion then get stuck in, like if, if there's an emotion there and it gets stuck in the organ, or does it get stuck in the actual meridian pathways? Uh, a good question. I don't know how I would explain that. Mm, I think both, because uh, oftentimes if someone was to come in who doesn't know how to emote very well, mm-hmm. holds on to everything. We're talking about maybe someone who's like 55, 75, suffers from constipation, now has frozen shoulder. Mm. These are all the same oh meridian. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really easy one. Um, we call that the large intestine meridian. It runs mm-hmm. through the arm. But oftentimes that is, like a in my practice, I've seen that a lot. Um, you know, the age I am now, we use the term baby boomers, right? For, um, someone that's my parents' age, but if they didn't really emote and they had these constipation issues and, um, they now have frozen shoulder, it was a very common theme that I would see Mm -hmm. even in school. 
particularly men. Wow. Some women, for sure, but yeah. yeah, that was in school. I saw that a lot. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. God, I feel like I could just ask you so many <laughs> questions about this. <laughs> We've got you in the hot seat, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so one of like the biggest goals that you have in working with patients really is about moving blocked or stored energy mm-hmm. through and out of the body, right? And you yeah. see a lot of emotional releases that happen with people through that process absolutely yeah Yeah. I mean uh, working in downtown Vancouver Mm. right downtown for over 10 years you know all my offices were lawyers and accountants and there was a big film industry and so you would see that there was very specific things that would happen for these groups of people you know really easy to um understand during april that all accountants are going to be super stressed oh yeah right but you know one of the things if we were to really oversimplify what acupuncture can do is that everyone eventually suffers from overstimulated nervous systems mm-hmm. um i mean mm-hmm. i okay not everyone but everyone who lives in a city north america north america <laughs> we have phones we've got all of these different things that are constantly drawing our attention away from focus um we're overstimulated yeah um, and it's so easy to see this in kids, right? Like if you give them a phone to look at at nine o'clock at night and they've already stayed up longer than they're supposed to, but you're out and you like I've seen it with my friends and um, you know their kid is just going off the rails. They didn't have a nap that day. They did do all this stuff and their meal time's different and now you're giving them blue light. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple to understand what's happening for them, but like mm-hmm. why don't we really say the same thing to an adult? <laughs> yeah, so true. Right? Yeah. You mm-hmm. drank coffee in the morning, it's an appetite suppressant, you drank another couple cups, you didn't eat until two. You're now crashing. You're reaching for sugar. Now you're overstimulated because you haven't been able to concentrate at work. You had to stay at work later. Now it's six o'clock and it's just before happy hour finishes. So now we have the depressant to come down off of the stimulant. And then we're like, why can't we go to bed? But you just drank a ton of caffeine. (laughs) And then it spills over into the next day. I'm not saying that's everybody, but it's just, it's a really easy... It's a pattern a lot of us get stuck in. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, at at a certain time, we're so fatigued, Mm -hmm. but that's our habit that we don't realize that it's something that discipline and Mm -hmm. understanding what's happening with your habit is actually the medicine. Mm -hmm. But when people would come in, that would be the conversation. You know, what's happening with your habits? And acupuncture itself is a really great tool to de-stimulate an overstimulated nervous Mm -hmm. system. Um, And sometimes that's what the treatment would be. You know, Chinese medicine has so much more to offer than that. But oftentimes, you know, to be able to be gifted time where you actually can't move off the table, um, you're practicing breathing through something that's seemingly uncomfortable while it's something that you're seeking to be comfortable mm-hmm. is a self-soothe tool, right? That's, yes. It's the same way that we learn how to breathe slower when we're running. It's how we learn how to stay calmer whenever you're in situations. Like, that's why I love climbing so much. Mm. You know, it's finding your flow state. 
And so oftentimes we're so overstimulated or we have forgotten the practices that get us to this place of flow state or being able to find um, a place where we can deactivate our nervous systems. It's these practices, and it doesn't have to be acupuncture, you know, yoga does the same thing. Um, I mean, obviously these practices all have different ways of doing it. Yes. Um, And people say like running does that for them as well. But running, it does. You can calm yourself down, but it's still like a moving type of meditation. Yes. Uh, so any of these things, it's they all help in different degrees. But what we're looking for is, what do we all ask for? I need a break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do feel like pretty much all of us can benefit mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. a reset to the nervous system. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I see that day in and day out with my patients and mm. myself, so, my yeah, friend group, and yeah. we all have overstimulated nervous systems. So I, that's one of the biggest gifts that I found in acupuncture too, is just mm. feeling that total reset to the nervous system. And that has so many benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if we oversimplify it again, um, you know, when we talk about tightness and pain in the body, which is what most people come in for first. Mm wouldn't you just call that an overstimulated muscle <laughs> right yeah <clears throat> or actually it's kind of offline because it's contracted but I digress <laughs> <laughs> can we talk for a minute about your passions your sports your activities you mentioned obviously that you're not quite as heavily involved right now because of your pregnancy mm-hmm. but the list of sports and activities that you love to do many people would look at that and go wow like extreme (laughs) sports who is this girl um what is it that what's the fuel that you get from doing that what is it that you're what is it serving in your life um i'm terrible at all though let's just get that word straight (laughs) no it's true no it's but what it does serve is me getting out of this habitual perfection that is what this whole last five, ten years has been about. Um, longer than that, but we were talking about this before when we were testing the mic, that learning to play the piano when I was a kid was all about perfection and uncreativeness. And it was about how can you replicate something that someone told you to do and the more uncreative you are about it, the more you get praise. Mm, And so this fear of never really being able to, you know, it's like, I'd love to get pitted someday, really far away from that in surfing. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm definitely not there, but even just to be able to understand that lingo, be out there, put on your wetsuit, which is already an ordeal in itself on the West Coast. (laughs) You know, it's all of those things, like these sports, it's just trying something. Mm -hmm. Not being in a paralyzed state of fear, Mm -hmm. of not being able to perform perfectly. Mm -hmm. But what is it that, um, is it JK Rowling with her TED Talk when she talks about the fringe benefits of failure? Oh, I haven't heard this one. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I won't ruin it. I'm probably going to paraphrase it terribly. But, you know, to... It's... um, There's another politician who does this speech that I always quote as well. But to at least fail 
and to be fearless and to have the bravery to be in the arena mm-hmm. is far better than sitting on the fine the sidelines and never having yeah. done it at all so yes. true yes 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 <laughs> you are a great inspiration in that regard you are such a great example of that thank you yeah that's yeah. yeah, very very cool the amount of things that you're doing or that you you were doing pre-baby <laughs> that you will get back to after baby um and let's talk about that just for a second mm-hmm. you're going to be a mom soon i am um can you just tell us a little bit about the journey or as much as you feel comfortable telling us about the journey of what it's been like to become a mom and mm-hmm. to get to the place where you are right now being 27 weeks pregnant it's uh this has been a really interesting question um <laughs> i don't know if anybody really notices on instagram in the last few years it's like vulnerability marketing oh yeah <laughs> i just I don't know if that's a term. I just quoted this to my friend the other day. And I was like, the oversharing, mm-hmm. which is great. I think it's necessary because you realize that other people are going through the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're scrolling and all of a sudden you get triggered like that, you know, you know, when when is it appropriate to kind of like share these, these stories about our journeys? Um, motherhood for me, which has been such a... It's been an up and down journey. There's no way to, to sugarcoat that. Um, this is my fourth pregnancy, and it's the first time I've gotten to 27 weeks, and it's a day-by-day process. Um, someone coined it perfectly. They have a first child, first pregnancy, all the way through. It was great. Had a very um, late-term, uh, not stillbirth, but late-term miscarriage in between those two wordings, however you want to kind of put it. And the fear that gripped her in her third pregnancy really robbed her of the joy of what happened during the first pregnancy. Um, And I never, I don't know what that's like, you know? So even in this journey of motherhood of, of being like, okay, I know that this path is about surrendering. Yes. Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Whether it comes before, or after in the journey, you know, it doesn't take away from that experience is that that hardship, that heart yearning want happens either whether it's the first pregnancy that works well and then you're feeling it postpartum or it's not being able to get pregnant to be able to get there. That journey is, is about a lot of surrendering. That's so deeply profound and so true to my experience at every single stage from pregnancy to having 18 and 16 year olds wow (laughs) wow it It is it's a lesson in surrender more and more and more and more yeah every every time and so you know the same thing that i bring to treatment is um are you in alignment Right? Are you in the right relationship? Are you in the right vocation? Are you doing what it feels like is your purpose every day? And if you're not, if there's that nagging thread that's really uncoiling the fabric of your existence, you can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. And so even in treatment, but even in this journey personally for me to motherhood, it was always about, are you in alignment? Um, And when I was in my previous relationship, 
he's a great person. It's not that it wasn't that he was the issue. It was more the fact that the choices that I kept on continually making weren't totally in alignment. Mm. And whether I want to believe a story that this just, you know, everything happens for a reason. I don't I don't love that saying because I think spiritual bypassing yeah. really comes yeah, into play there. Mm-hmm. Right? And so taking ownership of the fact that it's like, okay, this actually isn't in alignment anymore. You know, do you keep acting out of integrity in the sense of like it's not where you want to be to placate this fear of what's going to happen on the other side when I decide to not be in this relationship anymore you know as a woman you know at 34 35 and you're like okay well just I'm going to dissolve a marriage at this point and then be like okay you've got how many more years till they tell you that you can still conceive without help or conceive at all it's a scary journey um but very brave yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it it was kicking and screaming at the end of it the decision was almost made for me you know that's also a lesson as well is that in in dissolving something that is that big you learn more about yourself and in the beginning you start looking at it being like it's the other person it's the other person but it's actually this whole closet of things that you've never really dealt with (laughs) and so in short long short that to come to motherhood it was really unpacking a lot of the things that was holding me back so that I'm not passing generational trauma onto my child wow do you feel in this moment in your life is this the most aligned that you have been that's a hundred percent yes yeah I can see it. Yeah. I can see you are just, wow, you are so in alignment. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to find joy in this pregnancy? <laughs> it's it's the most joy that I've ever really gotten to experience. Um, I know that that's, you know, so many people don't like being pregnant, but the gift mm-hmm. of being pregnant is so fun. Um, and also just being with a partner who also is just, he's just such a beautiful person. And so to be able to build a life in alignment and to find someone that is congruent with that, yeah, that in itself is such a gift. I, you know, I wish that for everyone. It's really special to see the two of you together. It's like <laughs> you're just, you're just so like excited and passionate (laughs) about this amazing partnership that you've created and the family that you have ahead of you and yeah it's just really cool to witness it'll be so interesting for this little baby well it's it's very fitting to even be here you know to um move from vancouver back to the island um i was here during a small time during school but i felt more at home here than i actually have ever felt on the mainland um, but being in this office, being with you two, you know, I'm sure Marissa's talked about the fact that her partner's also a chiropractor and that they work together and they do all of these things together. And, and to be in a partnership where I'm also going to be doing that is 
um, it's so fun. It is. It really is. <laughs> you yeah. know, that you can actually talk about your work and you can, um, that you don't have to, it's not hiding, but it's actually very difficult to come home from your day and not necessarily be able to have that ability to not talk about your patients, obviously, but just unpack what's happening for you mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having that ability to understand that, like that's so special, I think, especially when you're going to have a family together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. I mean, yeah. right. I'm not a chiropractor, but Ryan and I can have, because I've been in his practice mm-hmm. so much that we just understand each other's work. Yes. Right. And it, it is, it, it, I think it helps mm-hmm when you work together to be able to unpack that every day. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do think it's a big, it's a mm-hmm. big one. Um, my heart is so full from this conversation. <laughs> I loved having this conversation with you. Thank you. We do have one more question before mm-hmm. we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Trace, oh. uh, what's your word for 2023? Well, it wraps this whole conversation um, on New Year's Eve as the countdown's happening. We also was asked this question um, from a mentor's friend. And so we've been having this practice of what is our word this year. Um, It was Niall's word, but it's also my word, Niall, my partner, is that uh, my ask and his ask for me was to believe. Oh Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow, that's profound. I got goosebumps. I know. And you have, you have totally leaned into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that any woman who's had fertility, um, I don't love how a lot of fertility words are used, but have had issues or have had hardships in getting Mm -hmm. pregnant that, um, it's hard to believe. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe that it's going to happen. Um, and so when you have a partner who's so unwavering in his belief Regardless of, you know, we, we both have, <laughs> when we went to the fertility clinic, they were both like, whoa, you guys got files. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah. And really, the week before we found out that we were pregnant, they were talking to us about ICSI and having to do multiple rounds of egg harvest because my AMH is low and my estrogen was postmenopausal, which is a pretty harsh term for 38 mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're still menstruating. So it's not even really a correct term to use, um, but still being able to believe that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in that respect, but belief in our ability to grow our business that we're going to be having together the farm that we've just bought last year you know a lot of the things that we're working towards it, it can feel really heavy yeah. with the amount of responsibility mm-hmm. um, but now that we're sitting into November right now um, and just being able to look back at everything that we've been able to build together it's pretty incredible absolutely mm. what would you say is the biggest thing you've like obviously you can use that word believe mm-hmm. but not really do the practical stuff or the this the tools not I guess the, it. yeah like <laughs> how, how do you feel like you practiced it this year other than just oh, buying the farm or whatever yeah good question discipline mm. what is the goal not not leaning into habits that don't serve us 
Uh, so not drinking alcohol, sticking to the health plan that we were both on. We were both taking herbs. We did acupuncture every week. We work out. We do all the things. Um, Niall even more than me, but it's an everyday discipline mm-hmm. towards your practice of why are you doing these things mm-hmm. um, that help grow your goal. Yeah. Um, because like, are you acting in a way that's consistent with the life that you envision? That's right. right. Yeah. 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 And so what do we do when we don't believe that something's going to happen? Well, we go out, we celebrate in quotations, mm-hmm. we divulge into habits that don't necessarily serve our body. Um, and so that daily practice of like the discipline of that consistency, mm-hmm. um, is something that Nile has really taught me. I realized that that is important, but maybe didn't practice that consistency mm-hmm. enough, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so really sitting into the practice of, uh, what we all learn, right? Mm-hmm. This is what all the gurus end up telling you in the end. Yeah is why is meditation so hard well the mind's full mm-hmm. not difficult when i was taught meditation when i was seven i was like wow this is so easy i just think about breathing great <laughs> <laughs> you know i remember sitting in vipassana for 10 days on the brink of a divorce being like okay i'm just gonna turn my life upside down and not thinking about that oh, yeah. <laughs> in silence for 10 days where you're wow. like okay i'm just gonna come back to the practice of what they're teaching us right now um as we get older these things that are seemingly simple get harder and harder mm-hmm. you know why is it so difficult to lace up your runners to go outside even if it's you're not gonna run you're gonna walk why do we have so much mm-hmm. resistance and so creating less resistance in your consistency was how we both practice belief this year mm-hmm. that is inspiring it is so inspiring i'm so thrilled and excited for you just sending you and this baby so much love yeah you have this sweet little belly it's the (laughs) sweetest little belly oh yeah you're just radiating joy right now i love it i love it well and maybe the next conversation Mm -hmm. would be you know we'll turn the tables and ask you two how do you still see (laughs) you as mothers it's a journey is it ever we have lots of conversations about it yeah you you i think the best advice we can give you is like you find people who have just or for me you find people who are just a little little bit bit ahead of you Yeah. yeah And like, mm-hmm. how did you get through this? What did you do? It's mm-hmm. those, it's those people who are in alignment with you as mm-hmm. well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, at finding people that see you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's important. Vivian, thank you oh, so much. You're so thank amazing. You. <clears throat> you're so, if awesome. someone wanted to book in with you, mm-hmm. do they book online? Do they go? How How is the best way for for a listener to be able to book in? Uh, online is probably the best way. There are great receptionists here at yes, Facet that sure also do. answer the phone. <laughs> which we is sure do. A very rare thing yeah. these days. Yeah. 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 You can learn more about Vivian if you go check out backfit.ca. Yes. yes. Awesome. Oh, awesome. thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening and continuing to be a part of our Life Conversations <laughs> community. We appreciate each and every one of you. Bye for now.